0: Okay, so everybody got in their lunch, and something to eat, good. Um, we've got two more kind of case-based discussions. Um, I'm going to do some, talk about treatment failure a little bit. I think we'll try to go through this pretty quickly, um, just because one, I kind of already found out so far, I think everybody, it sounds like almost everybody, everybody's treated has been cured, which is good. So it's maybe not a need you have right now. So this will give you a little background of what's out there if you do need to do it. And then Andrew will finish up with kind of treatment in cirrhosis, decompensate, and long-term follow-up, that kind of stuff. We will end on time. And we will end on time. We're back on time since uh, Christy skipped the whole cape. So what we're going to try to talk about or describe is a little bit about the rates of resistance selection. So how often do you see resistance if somebody does fail? Um, What are some of the non-viral factors that may contribute to treatment failure? That's probably the more important part. And then talk about what, uh, what we now have, which are safe and effective retreatment regimens if you do need to use them. So This is uh, EJ. This is another real case, pretty much. I might have taken a little liberty, but 63-year-old African-American gentleman, high blood pressure, a big prostate, and genotype 1A, hepatitis C. He has cirrhosis based on Fib4 and imaging. So this was a guy that we got a Fib4, it was high, and then he had kind of a shrunken liver, he had a big spleen. Even suggested some varices, so we didn't do anything more really. Now you could make a case for doing maybe doing elastography. Um, we have ultra, uh, we have radiology-based um, shear wave elastography. We don't have trans elastography in our clinics right now, so um, the cutoffs are different. So we didn't pursue that. Um, <clears throat> he doesn't have ascites. Um, doesn't look like any of those pictures Andrew showed you. Doesn't have asterixis. There's his lab. So platelets are 78,000. Albumin 3.4, INR 1.1, and a creatinine of 0.6. So, if you calculate his child's Pew score, he's an A6, so he's a compensated cirrhotic. Here's his medicines, which include omeprazole, amlodipine, and then resuvastatin 5 milligrams. So, again, even if you don't know the drug interactions, you should, when you look at the list, think, oh, I better look into this maybe a little bit more and think about whether his PPI is an issue. Okay, so he was treated with GP for 12 weeks, and this is very apropos to that discussion we were having earlier. These are his viral loads. So at week four, his viral load was 55 copies, and we did recheck at week eight. It was 98. Would anybody have stopped at week eight? It's not a good sign, I tell you that. It made me nervous, but we we kept going. Um, Because again, at week eight, I don't know what else you're gonna do. I guess you could say, do you extend um, I think the dye was probably already cast at that point. Uh, I think extending probably wouldn't have done anything, but we, we kept going to week 12, and he actually, we checked at end of treatment, and he had a clear virologic breakthrough. So he is 25,000 at week 12 at the end of therapy. He said he was adherent. He said maybe missed two to three doses. His pharmacy refills were on time. That's usually about what we can do, really, to try to assess adherence. Um, and then we rechecked four weeks later, and now he was up to 400,000. So, you decide, before you decide to retreat him, would you do any additional testing? Anybody want to do NS5A or NS5, NS3 resistance test, ns 53 that should be NS3, it's my fault. Do you want to do both, test for resistance in both? No, I'm not going to do resistance testing, I'm just going to retreat him. Or would you refer out for a second opinion? Go ahead and vote. I'm going to get my Arnold Palmer while I'm standing here. What's that? Sorry? Sorry, he was genotype 1A. And unfortunately, still is. Two, or did we? Oh, there's a few more popping in. Okay. Well, should we see what we're dealing with? Okay. Whoa, a big comeback for NS5A resistance testing. Okay, so a third one, to test for NS5A, a few for both, and looks like the other leading vote was retreat without it. Okay, so if you have somebody that fails, I think there's a lot of different things that kind of go through your mind and you think about. Um, <clears throat> for retreatment, it is important to know what they were treated with in the past because there is an option to use, as we'll talk about, to potentially use um, glucaprovir pibrentasvir as well, uh, alone to retreat if they've had exposure to a limited number of hepatitis C drug classes, and we'll talk about that. I also just try to kind of look at what they got before and, and say, was there a problem with what they got before? Was it not really what would be recommended? Were they undertreated? Did they not get the duration they should have? Something like that. Then you look at your patient. Our patient was kind of set up for failure. He was a cirrhotic, African-American gentleman. Um, so that's going to make him a little harder to treat. The other reason I'm looking at that is there may, there may be some instances where you're going to use ribavirin. So just kind of thinking ahead, is this a patient I can use ribavirin in if I want to? What went wrong? Drug interactions. We can talk a little bit about that with our guy. And then does resistance play any role? So this was the HCV target is a, a network of kind of real-world um, treatment. It's mostly at academic centers by a lot of pretty experienced um, treaters. But... They looked at the, in their population, overall they had about a 6% failure rate in the patients they were following in target. And these were the groups that it came down. And there's no surprises here, but just to reiterate, they were more likely to be cirrhotic patients, they were more likely to be men, um, and they were more likely to be genotype 1A. And then within cirrhosis, if they were decompensated, obviously, they were more likely to have decompensated cirrhosis. So what about resistance? Um, If you come from an HIV background, we still worry about resistance some. It dictates to a large extent what regimens we might pick. Um, Very different, really, in hepatitis C. So you see hepatitis C resistance associated substitutions Mm -hmm. even without prior exposure to drug. Um, You will find them. Um, They impact treatment responses in very specific situations. We've talked about a few of those key ones, the big one being with elbosphere grosoprovir in a genotype 1A patient. There you do baseline resistance testing. That's really the only clear indication. And then we've talked about some softer indications in genotype 3. If they're treatment experienced or cirrhotic and you're going to use soft velpatisphere, the guidelines would also suggest. Um, But resistance is not absolute. What I mean by that is you may have resistance to an NS5A inhibitor. It's very likely you're still going to use an NS5A inhibitor. You may change how you use it a little bit, but you're still going to use those medications. So it should not be a case where, oh, I have resistance to that drug class. I can't use it. You absolutely can and probably will. Um, And I think it's the patient more than the virus or the resistance that makes the impact, right? So again, cirrhosis comes up again and again as being one of the factors that probably makes you a little more likely to have a treatment failure, though again, the vast majority still respond. And really, new regimens really have obviated the need for most or all resistance testing, especially when you're talking about in in a DAA failure setting in particular. So this is our patient. We did do resistance testing. I'm an ID doc after all. I mean, what else am I going to do? I can't scope anybody, so I got to do something. So, colonoscopy, wasn't so, it? Uh, yeah, it wasn't. Was that what you would have done? Yeah. 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 Um, so we did resistance testing <clears throat> for both. So in NS3, and the protease, he had this mutation A156T. He had a mixture. But that actually does cause high-level resistance I put in here, at least in the test tube if you kind of test causes high-level resistance to both voxelapravir and glucaprovir. Here's the printout you actually get, and the reason it says resistance possible, well there was a change several years ago from a big red block that said resistance to this nomenclature to reflect the fact that you very well may still use these drugs as part of your treatment regimen, and you didn't didn't want to give um, providers the idea that no, this is off the table even though you have resistance. And then, in NS5A, he had this combination, of Q30 plus a Q30E plus a Y93S. It's kind of a, a little funky. It, it causes some intermediate resistance to the each, each of these alone. If they're there in combination, it, I couldn't even find any in vitro data. Presumably, it causes more resistance when they're combined. Um, and here's what the interpretation from the, the vendor spits out. Um, I don't know, take that for what it's worth. I don't think, it, again, as we'll tell talk doesn't mean much in terms of when you're really retreating this patient. So I already showed you this. Um, I won't belabor that. So how often do you actually see resistance? Our patient had it when he failed. Um, so it varies by a number of things. This is a study of soft lodiposphere patients. And so the longer you got exposed to the drug, if you did fail, the more likely you were to have resistance. Kind of intuitive, I think. For um prebrentosphere, it was about 90% had resistance. Um, When they failed but that was from registrational studies and it was literally nine nine failures out of 2,300 patients Remember the failure is just a pretty rare event in clinical trials and even in the clinic So um, these are based on relatively small numbers for most of the cases But it's it's usually the vast majority that are going to have some resistance um, If you look for it after they fail a DAA regimen and interestingly Hep C, very different, right, than HIV. A retrovirus goes through a DNA intermediate, integrates into the nucleus. We think resistance is forever with HIV, right? The virus remembers, essentially. Um, Hep C doesn't do that. It's a cytoplasmic RNA virus. There's no DNA intermediate. So the hope or thought was maybe hep C completely doesn't remember, if you will. It would forget when when the drug was removed. Um, Very personifying the virus, right, really? yeah are we going to do the interpretive dance? Uh, I oh, the I don't know. Is there be you might have to show us that. <laughs> um, but despite the fact there's no clear viral mechanism for um, kind of retaining resistance mutations, they seem to remain enriched in the viral population, at least you're talking about NS5A resistance. Um, I left this blank here. I meant to put it in. So even out to week 144, so Um, You know, Approaching three years, it was still, I think, 73% that had resistance in NS5A that was detectable. Um, Whereas the NS3 resistance mutations tend to go away pretty quickly. They they tend to hamper how well the virus can replicate, so they're lost pretty quickly. Um, There's also the issue of, we've mentioned several times that 10% or so are gonna have resistance even if they haven't been exposed to the drug. But once you expose them to the drug, first it's a fundamentally different patient, right? You've put them through this filter of DAA therapy that should work for 95 plus percent of patients. So they're already a very select group if they fail, regardless of whether they have resistance. But then the resistance they do have tends to be more than one resistance mutation. They're probably on the same virus together. So they um, cause higher resistance. Um, But again, I think the big issue there is it's really just now a self-selected population that's much harder to treat. So I'm gonna skip this. These are the common resistance profiles. You guys will have access to these Slides if you want to look at this, but it frankly probably not worth really spending a lot of time on So based on his resistance testing in history, how would you proceed? So he's got ns5a and ns3 resistance presumably high level to most all these drugs by themselves So how do people want to treat retreat this guy 1a? cirrhotic patient um, But compensated who failed Glucapovir pebrentosphere so soft velvox for 12 weeks soft Velvox plus ribavirin for 12 weeks. You want to go 24 weeks with the triple. You're going to go Glucapravir Pobrentisvir plus soft, and there you've got 12 weeks with or without riboviron, or 16 weeks with or without riboviron. So I gave you lots of choices. Hopefully you're happy with one of these. Go ahead. Is it, is it working? Okay. Anybody want to say what they would do? Refer out. Don't know. Two. Okay. I think that's a good choice. All right. Let's go on here. So, email you. what? Email them. Oh, email mm-hmm. me. Yeah. Sure. Um. So this is just to make the point. There's lots of cross resistance, particularly in the NS5A inhibitors, but. Um, The most recent additions, velpatosphere is a little bit better. You see more green here but things like our patient genotype 1A, he's got a Y93S but you probably still have significant resistance to velpatosphere. and then pibrentosphere clearly is the most active against all the different resistant variants and actually any of the single position variants really don't cause any loss of activity. But when you start piling up multiples, um, I skipped over that slide but if you get multiple mutations, you even start to lose activity of pibrentosphere in vitro. So I showed you this before. This is just a reminder for the data. So our patient's a 1A. He's NS5A experienced. He's cirrhotic. And so if we put him into this, um, you're down here, you know, somewhere around 93%, and that was essentially the same percentage it was in the 1A subtype as well. Um, about 93 or maybe even 94%. Um, but all the failures that we're seeing were cirrhotics in um, Polaris. Most of them were genotype 3. I think four of the six were genotype 3. but. So it's slightly lower there. Um, we won't worry about the non-NS5A exposed. So that's what we're talking about. We're in the range now. We predicted maybe around 93% or so. But remember, there were no genotype 1 GP failures that were retreated here, whether that makes a difference. Um, so when they looked in this study to see, does resistance matter and how the patients did? There's, there's no impact of resistance. And as I put here, any way you slice it. So, these were the patients with resistance, 98% with retreatment of 12 weeks, and it was 98% if they didn't have any resistance. And specifically in genotype 1A, this is by level of resistance. So was it no NS5A, medium level, or high level resistance? I mean, it's one patient failure we're talking about, and um, really no meaningful difference, even if they have high level NS5A resistance when you go in to use this triple drug therapy. Um, <clears throat> so again, Retreat using GP um, is an option if you have a patient that failed DA therapy that only had One of the two mechanisms of action in the regimen they used before that are in GP meaning They got a protease inhibitor with something else But not an NS5A or they got an NS5A like soft Lodiposphere So an NS5A plus an NS5B if they failed that you could retreat them with GP and this was the study that led to that So you can see overall with 12 or 16 weeks. It was 80 90% 90% or 92%, but this is the population that just had a PI before, 100%, and then if they just had NS5A inhibitor, here um, with 16 weeks in the second part, this is based on resistance testing or exposure, was about 94-95%, and so based on this, if they're just protease inhibitor experience but never had an NS5A, you could use GP for 12 weeks to retreat. And if they're NS5A inhibitor experienced, you could retreat with 16 weeks of just the same, of of GP. It wouldn't be the same because they could not have had GP before. Um, The last study, so this was a a dedicated study to repeating retreating Maverette failure, GP failures, um, that looked at 12 versus 16 weeks. Everybody got ribavirin. Um, The only two patients in the 12-week arm didn't have cirrhosis, didn't have genotype 3, and they had not been treated with direct acting antivirals before their initial treatment with GP that they failed, if that makes sense. So it was a very select group. Almost everybody you can see got 16 weeks, plus ribavirin. This is just the specifics of the patient population. Not a lot of cirrhosis, um, seven patients. Almost everybody had resistance um, to one or the other uh, of the NS3 or NS5A inhibitors. Um, and this was the overall response rate. Um, 90, 96% overall, including 95% in those that got 16 weeks. And the genotype 3s were all cured on retreatment. There was one failure, and it was a genotype 1A patient, this patient right here. Um, and this was a patient that was highly experienced before they got even got their first therapy with GP. So it seems to work pretty well, but very small numbers of patients. So um, I'll just tell you, I forgot to put this slide in. So this was a real, so we retreated our patient. We actually asked, since he had failed GP and there was no data, I asked first for GP plus SOF and ribaviron for 16 weeks. And our insurance said, no, you can't have that. Um, So then we got SOF Velvox approved. And I elected to add ribaviron, I think, as you voted for. um, Because he was genotype 1A and cirrhotic and African-American and had had GP, and (laughs) I didn't know what else to do. So I figured I'd give him everything. And so um, he was 20 copies at week four, and then we just rechecked it. Two weeks later, week six, he was undetectable, and he's just going to be finishing up therapy. So we'll see. Fingers crossed. Twelve weeks of the triple plus ribovirin. Yep. But just for a quick question. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, even maybe not even that sort of just curiosity almost more. I wanted to know what he had Um, I can't tell you that it was gonna change How I treated him even going in Uh, you know, I guess if he would have had Well, if he would have had no resistance, I would have been oh god, but he was a breakthrough So you're alluding to you know If you have a relapse and there's some question whether they could have been reinfected as opposed to relapse, in other words, got a new infection, there I think resistance testing is probably the easiest way in a general clinic to try to get at that answer if they're the same genotype. But for our guy, it was clear it was his same virus, so it was more just curiosity. I suppose if he had less concerning resistance, I might have right off the bat gone for soft Velvox or felt more comfortable with it. <laughs> 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 this is a conversation that experts, people, the speakers who are here as well as other colleagues who are here. These are the types of cases that we actively discuss, and so you may think mm-hmm. well, I might email Cody or I might call Cody or text Cody about like this. but this is still what we do when these types of cases come up. Mm-hmm. but there might be yeah. cases that you have additional concerns, and that's OK to ask in the mm-hmm. Absolutely. No, great points. Um, Let's see. Finish up in five minutes here. So this is a, a genotype 3 failure. 53-year-old Hispanic gentleman with diabetes, genotype 3A. Some alcohol. He was staged as borderline fibrosis stage. This is a case I brought with me from San Diego. So we had done elastography, and it was 11.7 kPa. Um, so that's kind of very borderline. You know, the cutoffs that Andrew gave us were 12.5. Um, Playlist 152 albumin, you can see here. He did not have RAS testing done before treatment. So this is a case where, you know, you're you're splitting hairs here because if you would have said he's cirrhotic, you know, the guidelines would suggest considering getting resistance testing first. But he did not have it, and he got 12 weeks of softball and failed. Um, he was less than 15 detected at week 4, Was zero at week six undetectable, and then at SVR 12 time point, 187,000. So, how would you proceed? Would you do RAS testing now and restage and then decide GP for 16 weeks, soft Velvox 12, soft Velvox plus RivaVarn 12, soft GP, Riva 16, or soft Vel plus Riva 24? Okay, let's see, so soft valve plus riba for 12 is half, a little over half now, okay, good, let's see. So I just thought we'd revisit briefly from um, the Polaris one study, the genotype 3, just to take a little deeper dive. So this is genotype 3, again, cirrhosis seems to be the big arbiter. I think for this guy, you'd consider him cirrhotic, Um, probably should have the first time. Um, So he's, you know, a little lower, 93% there. And then based by, solely by resistance, not by grouping them by whether that's risk or not, but why, whether they have resistance, NS5A resistance, 97 versus 93% with resistance. Um, and most commonly, the, the ones that failed here, the three that failed had either dual or had the Y93. And then again, just based on how the level of resistance, low level or high level, NS5A resistance, not a clear difference, but maybe slightly lower with those with resistance. Um, so there were some genotype 3 studied in that Magellan 3 study looking at GP retreatment. All of them achieved SVR, no matter their resistance profile, or whether or not they had cirrhosis. Um, so just to finish this case up, so in terms of if we're retreating this guy and you're going to go by the label, you're here, so you're GT3 NS5A experience with compensated cirrhosis, so it would be soft VLVox, and again, he had NS5A failures, and we're going to consider him cirrhotic. So the guidelines would suggest adding in ribavirin as well. So it would be the same kind of treatment approach as the last guy: velvox plus ribavirin um, for 12 weeks would be the recommendation. And this is just the summary. But um, questions? Um, tough cases you have that you want to talk about? I think Andrew's going to talk about kind of advanced liver disease treatment, cirrhosis, and outcomes. Yeah. Just teasing out uh relapse from reinfection. Yes. Oh well. Yeah, so I think one, you know, actually in our practice we've kind of gone away from getting SVR fours, because that was one way. I mean if they Relapse very early. I mean, obviously you could get reinfected early as well, but it seems more likely it's a relapse. Uh, if you have a genotype switch, it's easy. Um, but if it's 1A before and it's 1A now, and you're checking, you know, three months or four months after they were treated, and you document SVR12, I think it's hard to know. Um, you could do resistance testing if they didn't have resistance and they got an NS5A inhibitor before. You probably could assume there reinfections yeah someone who has SVR and is not at no risk of reinfection oh did just period um, our general approach has been one more sometime within kind of 6 months to a year after that SVR 12 um, although even that now we're starting to do less and less just as we've treat so many people and we know the data i mean SVR-12, if they don't get reinfected, it's like 0.1% rate of late relapse. I mean, it's super low. So I don't think from a, a global public health standpoint, you can make the case that that's necessary. some of them are just that thing I, we talked about with the viral load being wrong, like detected or something, it's not really, like if they're really low levels, I would even wonder if it's just a contamination issue or something, so, um, but I use the genus, I use, I do uh, resistance testing for people who are not sure, to based it. on timing and risk, whether it's a reinfection or. I think if they are relapsed, they should have an so But usually, you can tell talk, <laughs> and talking to patient. <laughs> usually. And this might be Captain Obvious, but it, it yeah. matters for the second time around because you're going to count the patient as treatment experience versus if it's a reinfection, You're so treating; they're going surgery. back into that treatment night. So you could say, well, why does it matter they have it again? But that would actually. Change the regimens and some of the times because you would use different things if they would experience.